Morning, everybody. Great to see you. Happy Chinese New Year for those who celebrate. Jin Yen Guai Le. That's probably completely the wrong pronunciation, but anyway, I tried. I tried. Today, of course, is all about the nations. All about the nations. We have this happy, sad task of recommissioning the Borgs as they are resending them as they head back out to Malta. Uh, happy because it's one of the best things that we do as a church. Uh, we send Mark, Gina and the family out as our overseas ministry partners, our OMPs, and they serve as our hands and our feet in a place that we ourselves can't go to, but we can minister through them. Even more special, today at Parramatta uh, campus of MBM, they're doing the same thing for Phil and Lil, another of our OMPs, as they will be flying back to West Asia this week. These two families are returning to fruitful ministries, reaching the nations, and we thank God deeply for them. But you know, it's a sad thing as well, because of course we're going to miss them. There is a significant emotional cost to missions. The Borgs are especially feeling that as they uh, will be this time for the first time farewelling uh, Zara, their daughter, who will stay here to continue her studies. I felt it personally this week as my own sister and brother-in-law, uh, who have been long-term missionaries, again returned overseas. And I know that I won't be seeing them probably for a year or so at least. And of course, there's other costs. If you give towards the ministry of MBM, you're actually bearing something of the financial cost of sending out our OMPs because we put our money where our mouth is. 10% uh, of all giving that comes into MBM goes back out uh, to support mission, be that local or global, including the Borgs and Phil and Lil. So thank you. Thank you to those of you who give. And by the way, while I'm on this topic, helpful to perhaps give you an update. Last November, we did our whole pledging thing around giving. And uh, this is the amount that we ended up with, which is quite significant. So that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for those who pledged. And I guess the reminder for us now is to make sure that we actually follow through on our promise and uh, set up direct debits or whatever it is, however it is that you do your giving. If you haven't pledged, but would like to contribute towards our vision to reach Western Sydney uh, and the nations, then you can do that by simply going to the Give page on our website. And that goes for those of you who are listening or watching online as well. That'll help make up that shortfall uh, between our pledges and our costs. It is a joy to contribute to God's work, isn't it? And uh, to contribute to the ministry of our OMPs. But the cost of missions is real. It is real. So why would you pay that price? Why, like the Borgs, would you sob your way through a departure gate uh, in a couple of weeks' time? Um, today I want to explore that from Psalm 150. And I want to challenge all of us to take our part in God's plans for the nations, no matter the cost. Now, if you're brand new to church today, uh, then you'll see just how much God loves 
and longs for everyone, every person on earth, to know his uh, goodness and his salvation, including you. If you're someone who already loves uh, missions and prays and supports, I pray today would spur you on in what you're doing. But I suspect most of us would actually fall somewhere in the middle. And uh, we probably think in our minds, yeah, it's a good idea that uh, the gospel goes out to the world, uh, but it may not be on our radar or right in the middle of our radar um, all that much. Other life goals tend to loom much larger, don't they? And so I want to challenge all of us today to be thinking hard about this area, about praying, giving, even considering going overseas for Christ's sake, like the Borgs or Phil and Lil. Now, you may have heard of the Great Commission where Jesus sends out his disciples into the world. He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Today, I want to explore that same idea, BC, before Christ's birth. And so the title of this sermon is The Great Commission of the Old Testament. Now, this is not a part of the Bible that you would be expecting us to be looking at for something like this. Psalm 150 seems to be all about music. In fact, I don't know about you, but Psalm 150, I think, in the past, for me, been a bit of a yawn. It kind of washed over me, just an enthusiastic full stop on the hymn book of the Old Testament, a kind of praise to end all praises. But then I realised I'd actually misread it. I'd misread it. It's not a psalm of praise. Now, did you hear me correctly? Yes, you did. It is not a psalm of praise. It is something much bigger. Now, you're coming back to me and you're thinking, hang on a second, I just heard that Bible reading. It used the word praise every like few words. What are you talking about? In fact, it starts and finishes with the words hallelujah, which literally means praise the Lord, as it's been translated for us in the NIV there. But I maintain I'm not mad. It's not a song of praise. It is a call to praise. It's a great commission, calling us to call others to praise God. This psalm barely does any praising itself. It doesn't say, praise be to you, God. It doesn't say, you know, I praise you, God, or anything like that. What it says is praise God, which is an instruction, an imperative. It's saying, you lot listening to me, whoever it is, whoever's singing this psalm, you lot listening to me, get on with praising God as well. It's not a song of praise, it's a command to praise. Just one command, really, repeated again and again. Praise, praise, praise Yahweh. Praise God, praise him, you people. And that's why it has the feel of a great commission, a task to do. We're called to hallelujah the world. That's what we're called to do, to tell them to praise Yahweh. Now, by the way, I always thought the word hallelujah was something that you'd speak to God. All right, so often our songs tend to reflect that, don't they? We say hallelujah and we think we're speaking to God at that point, but that's actually a confusion. Hallel is just the Hebrew word for praise, and Yah is short for Yahweh, the name that God gave Moses at the burning bush. 
So the word hallelujah, like the whole of Psalm 150, is a command. Praise Yahweh. It's what you say to others. It's what you say to others. So there's no point in saying hallelujah, Lord, because that's telling God to praise himself. You don't sing the hallelujah chorus to God, you sing it to others. And as for Leonard Cohen's confusing song, Hallelujah, which somehow gets wheeled out every X Factor and voice and all those kind of shows, or even at funerals, it's just a weird song. And it's even weirder that non-Christians would be calling on everybody listening to them to praise Yahweh. Psalm 150 is the final hallelujah of the Psalms. It's as if Israel's musicians are saying, look, we've done our bit. We've given you 149 songs. Now it's over to you. Time for the world to join us in praising God. So now that we've understood that, that this is a call to praise, the rest of the Psalms easy, right? You can think about it under four headings, the where, the why, the how, and the who of praise. So have a look at verse 1 in your Bible with me. This is our first heading, the where of praise. The where, well, everywhere, everywhere. Look at this, verse 1, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens. So Israel's temple sanctuary is uh, the place where heaven kind of touched earth for them, where God especially dwelt in his beauty, in his strength, in his glory. And so no wonder that is the first place of praise. Praise was to be the pinnacle of Israel's religious life. Then the call is for the praise to go, to go out to God's mighty heavens, to the angels, to the cosmos, seen and unseen. The whole universe is the arena of praise for God. And uh, as was reflected a little bit in the kids' talk, you might have been out camping or out in the wilderness somewhere or the desert on a clear night away from the city lights and looked up and it's just extraordinary how many stars you could see. Now, they were there all along. But without other light, you can see them so clearly. I remember a time that um, I went with my son to an observatory uh, with his scout group and he kept saying afterwards how just what to the naked eye was one little tiny speck in the sky. When we looked through the big telescope, you could actually see it was hundreds and hundreds of stars. In fact, the scientists told us, no, it wasn't hundreds of stars. There's, there's actually trillions of stars there in that one little tiny place in the sky. It's extraordinary. That's just what we can see. The universe is so big. But then what about the armies of angels that we can't see? What about the powers and the authorities in the heavenly places? All of them, all of them, seen and unseen, are called to praise God. So whether it's a small Bible study group in Malta uh, or whether it's angels surrounding the throne in heaven, that is the where of praise. Verse 2 and point 2 gives us the why of praise. 
the why of praise. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. This is very simple. Acts of power, surpassing greatness. You know what those two phrases bring to mind? They bring to mind Psalm 1, Psalm 2, Psalm 3, Psalm 4. In fact, all 149 of them that have happened so far. Those Psalms which praise God for his creation and his redemption and his power and his love and his transcendent glory and his kind of close, intimate love and care and guidance and help. His dismay at our sin and yet his willingness to forgive at personal cost to himself. Psalm 150 doesn't have to go into detail. That's the point, isn't it? It doesn't have to go into detail because the rest of the songs have already done that. What more could be added? What more that wouldn't be an insult to what has happened before? As my English teacher taught me, never add new information to the conclusion. And so what does the psalm do? It simply summarises everything that's happened before. Acts of power, surpassing greatness. That's the why of praise. Well, that brings us to point three, the how of praise. How do you praise God? Well, simple. You just make a mighty noise. That's what it sounds like, isn't it? A mighty noise, every instrument you can gather. So verses 3 to 5, praise him with the sounding of the trumpet, praise him with the harp and the lyre, praise him with timbrel and dancing, praise him with the strings and pipe, praise him with the clash of cymbals, praise him with resounding cymbals. So it starts with a simple trumpet, and I think that's the trumpet that they used to call people into worship. Right? And then after that, it goes through pairs of instruments from every part of you know, the kind of in instrument families. There's temple instruments, there's commonplace instruments, percussion, wind, string, the whole bit. It's like every conceivable resource is called upon for the one task, praise. They are loud. They end with this kind of a finale in uh, the symbols. Every instrument, even dancing, is called upon for that one task of praise. You want an example of how that works? Well, think about the, uh, the Red Sea. When Israel crossed the Red Sea and they came through and they were saved, Pharaoh and his army are left there drowned and they recognised that this was their salvation. And what does Miriam and the other women do? They pick up tambourines and they sing and they dance and they praise God in response. Now, as for us, we have a whole lot more than a drowned enemy, don't we? Right? We have death and the devil in ruins. We have victory, the victory of the Lord Jesus over sin and over hell. We have, we have the song to sing, the song of the gospel. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 puts it this way. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare his praises. Declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We need to declare. Sure, in song, 
Ourselves in church are not just fillers. They are a key part of what we do here on a Sunday. They take centre stage here in this psalm. But praise in the psalms, the word praise, the idea of praise in the psalms is never just about singing. It's much broader. And the same as in 1 Peter 2.9. It's about declaring in any way or means the goodness of our God, the praises of our God. Even being an Elvis tribute artist like Mark Borg and using the king to speak of the king of kings. Even dedicating your life to translating the Bible into another language like Phil and Lil. That is a hard ministry that they have. But that is an act of praise to God. We live to praise. We live to praise, to glorify his name and to call others to do the same. To do the same. So let me ask, do you own that? as your responsibility to tell the world how amazing Jesus really is. We'll be doing it in heaven for sure. We know that. But don't wait. Don't wait. May God's praise be done on earth as it is in heaven. So is it time to rekindle, in a sense, your passion for this? I mean, think about your close friends or your family or those you work with or whoever. Do they really know how much you love God? Do they see it in you? Do they see your joy? Do they see in you a life that reflects the energy and the witness of this psalm? Are the nations on your heart? Do you really notice people? What do I mean by that? I mean, if you ever kind of sat in maybe a shopping centre, a cafe, whatever it is, and just watched people walk past and looked to see who they really are. You know, maybe it's um, uh, the migrant looking after her grandkids with her limited English, but somehow in her heart she's desperately sad and missing her home country. Or maybe it's the young boy who there's something up. He just looks neglected. He's not, not smiling. He's sullen. Maybe it's the well-dressed young worker trying to prove him or herself to the world. Do you notice people? Have you ever quietly prayed for a stranger as you see them, wanting them to know the love of God for them? Well, guess what? Of course, there are thousands of people walking past us here in Western Sydney, but they're just the rich and fortunate ones who were able to get here to this country, but there are billions more around the world in their various home countries who need to know that they are loved by Jesus, who need to know that there's forgiveness and hope and life and a future. They need to learn to praise God too. Do you pray for the nations? Do you pray for missionaries? Do you give? Do you encourage? Have you ever thought of going overseas yourself to be a kind of a spark of praise in that spiritually lifeless place. True praise moves beyond songs, beyond talk. You know what it is? It's a whole life 
given over to glorifying God. Words, plans, but also ambitions, goals, time, that we might be a living model of what it is that life is truly about. So may our own praise be rekindled, yes, but so that our passion might then overflow to others. And so we need to ask, who else is called to praise? And that's our fourth point, the who, the who of praise. And it's found in verse 6. This is the finale of the whole book of Psalms, verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Everything that has breath. I mean, that phrase is loaded, actually. You think back to Genesis, creation, the opening chapters of the Bible, says the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The breath of life. The Lord God gave breath to all living beings and so we owe him our very breath. We owe our breath back in praise. And that's why Psalm 150 is this great commission of the Old Testament because the cry goes out to all living beings to praise God. Yahweh must have the praise of all breath, all 8,000 language groups, 8,000, all 195 nations, give or take, to three-year-olds, to 103-year-olds. It will happen. We know, we know that uh, eventually on the last day, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, whether willingly as one saved and overjoyed in the Lord Jesus or whether unwillingly as one condemned, acknowledging too late the glory and wonder of the Lord Jesus. So much the better if people bow freely now as the gospel goes out to all breath. We need to hallelujah the world. We need to summons the nations to praise, summons all breath to find their life in God. What's that going to mean for you and I? Well, praise from our lips, that's good. But of course, Yahweh deserves more. He deserves the praise of everyone. Will you live to multiply praise to the Lord, to call urgently, praise Jesus, whoever you are. Praise him, your maker, your king. Praise him as your saviour. Praise him. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Now, of course, our sinful nature screams to us and says, no, 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 no. Seek your own praise. Come on. Your own reputation. What others think of you, be it online or at work or among your friends, your family. But the truth is, of course, selfishness doesn't bring happiness, does it? We find our true joy in praising another. Now, think of the joy of a concert. Think of the last concert that you went to, maybe an orchestra, maybe a band, a singer, a musician, whoever it is. You're there at that concert. And what happens at the end? You cannot help but stand up and shout and sing and clap. You're elated. And, you know, that's the joy that we should be having in the Lord Jesus Christ, that we applaud our Lord, that we stand and shout and sing and speak to a dying world, hey, come to him. 
This is amazing. He's amazing. Come to the Lord. Look what he's done for you. He's paid for your sins. He's offering you life. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I wonder who God is challenging you to notice. I mean, really notice. Is there a place you'd be well equipped to go and call them to hallelujah? Today's Aboriginal Sunday, a long-established day for Christians to stand with Aboriginal people and their injustices. And for all the disastrous ill-treatment of Indigenous Australians in the early days of the colony here in Sydney, someone noticed them. Someone. And they arranged for a missionary to be sent specifically to work with Indigenous Australians. And a guy called William Walker answered the call, left England, came out in time. The first Aboriginal person found salvation, uh, the son of uh, the famous Benelong, actually. And this young man was baptised with the name Thomas. And Thomas Benelong noticed his own people. He noticed them. And it's written of him, and I quote, that he collected the young natives of his tribe to whom he gave an exhortation which he concluded in prayer. Now, sadly, young Thomas died shortly afterwards, but he was the first in a long line of evangelists since who have been gifted by God to reach their own people. So let me ask you, who are you noticing? Who are you noticing? Is it another people like William Walker, that missionary, or like Phil and Lil going to translate the Bible? Or is it your own people like Thomas Benelong or Maltese Mark Borg? Who's God putting on your heart? For whom can you be a spark? You know, that God might use you to set hearts on fire among those people for the sake of the Lord Jesus, no matter the cost, no matter the cost. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. In a moment, the Borg family, well, actually, I think just Mark, Gina and Zara are going to sing for us. They're going to sing of their desire to follow God anywhere. But first, would you join me in prayer? Well, Father God, we recognise that you deserve the praise of all breath. Help us, Lord, to get out there and hallelujah the world. Teach us to pray and to give and to go. Teach us to encourage our OMPs. And Father, please challenge us to lift our eyes to the fields ripe for harvest, be that here, under our nose, at work, or among our neighbours, or overseas. And Lord, let us count the cost and do what it takes for you're worthy of all praise. May you especially help us now as we resend the Borgs overseas to speak hallelujah to Malta. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.